everybody. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Sex Podcast. I'm Ooh. Amy. I'm Kate. And we are recording episode four, which is a part two of Dildos R Us. We're going to talk about the best title ever. The best title ever. <laughs> so um, a couple things first before we get underway. Um, we got our first email. I'm so excited. We're so excited. Oh, from our friends. Yes. yes. Okay. So. <laughs> I laugh not because I think this was funny it's because we're all sex positive everything's okay you know as long as you're not hurting anybody else and you're consenting adults I'm good with it there is one particular phrase though that really stood out with me so I'm curious if anybody else picks up on it so I'm going to read the email exactly as it is um this person asked to remain anonymous so good evening my name is anonymous but if this story is shared on the podcast, I'd prefer to remain anonymous. For reasons. <laughs> so her story starts. So literally her email goes, it is a, it is a female, I'm assuming, cis female. Uh, during college, I went to a lot of parties and did a lot of drugs. One night I was at what most people would call a trap house. On Molly, I met a group of people and we went into a room. Obviously, we were having an orgy. I thought it would be some vanilla type orgy, nothing crazy. But here I am, hot sauce on my titties, getting rammed from all ends. However, I enjoyed it. A lot. To this day, hot sauce is one of my kinks. Is that weird? Should I be concerned? Kate? Now, I, I, I do have one question. And I'm going to see if my question matches up with your, your uh, initial reaction. Um, what is a vanilla type orgy? That's what I walked away from. <laughs> okay. That was my thing. Because there, there's, yeah, we, orgies are fine, but, I, great, but I don't know what a vanilla or I suppose, I mean, leather and whips and chains and hot sauce. I'm curious if there's like a certain number of people, like maybe you hits a limit, kind of like that rule in Texas, you can't have more than six dildos. Maybe it's too many different cocks and vaginas in the party and it becomes like a wild not vanilla orgy. I just, that blew my mind. I laughed so hard when I read that particular <laughs> sentence of, I thought it would be some vanilla type orgy. And I was like, clearly I have not been to, I've only been to one orgy actually in my life, I think. I think you would classify it. Would you count? How many would you classify as an orgy? Uh, Probably four or five or more. Okay, so okay. I wasn't an orgy. Great. <laughs> I made the cut. <laughs> it was, uh, including myself, four people total. But, like, to me, that didn't seem vanilla. And yet she's like, oh, yeah, just a vanilla, you know, running your mill as, as as one does, orgy. I think that kind of brings up, like, the suggestive, or, the, sorry, the subjective um, nature of sex. So something that is, like, totally vanilla for one person is totally scandalous for another. True. So... Maybe that's just what we're saying. This is subjective nature of vanilla versus a kinky orgy. To get to her question, because that wasn't really what she asked. She asked about the hot sauce. <laughs> to this day, hot sauce is one of my kinks. Is that weird? Should I be concerned? Personally, I don't think that's okay. I don't think that's a weird thing. I don't think it's weird. I think that's totally cool. I mean, she can get her kink off very easily going to steal a bunch of hot sauces at Taco Bell, which I think is amazing. Totally. Super saves your money. Um, uh weird is such a relative term so i mean if it gets you off and you're not hurting people i say go for it man hot sauce it up the only thing would be like you know ssc safe sane and consensual so make sure everybody involved knows exactly what they're getting into um that, that's my only kind of concern i think about this email is that you 
um, is that this person thought it was one thing and it ended up being another. So it just meant that there wasn't, you know, maybe the conversation that needed to happen beforehand in an ideal situation. Because you want to make sure you know what you're getting into. But also, most orgies, you're not sitting there talking it out play by play or in, especially if you're in a trap house, let's be honest, you're not really going down that road of talking about what you're doing and planning it out. And if you're on Molly, um, that kind of unfortunately goes out the window. So it sounds like she had fun. Mm-hmm. I would just say keep it away from your from your vagina and all of parts because I feel like that would cause problems. No, that was my main takeaway. A main concern was don't put it down inside you or on your vagina and all, and just be careful. But beyond that, I think you know, go nuts, man. If you get off on hot sauce, fuck yeah. But you are missing out on an entire component of the kink community. Because there is something called figging that this is really similar to. And people use hot sauce, Bengay, uh, ginger. What? All of this stuff and put it on their privates <gasps> in order to induce that like burning sensation. So um, obviously this person like had it on their titties. And so that's different. And I would imagine that that would be like really sensitive around the nipples. But um, I had no idea. Yeah. Like figging has a really long history like it dates back to um, ancient Greece and they, yeah, they punished um, like adulterous men, slave women, animals. Oh my God. Um, they used to use it in horse shows also to make a horse look perkier. Obviously. Um, they would, they would take a ginger root. It's very important. You have to peel the ginger root. Make sure you leave a base, Animal? a base on it and just put that in the orifice, the desired orifice. You said they punished and animals the, like bad Fido. Let's stick some hot sauce up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> like a few- it was more like they wanted they wanted horses to run faster. Oh shit! I would Which, run I mean, faster too. <laughs> there was even a job. I I no. can't remember the title, but there was a title. There was like I think it was um a ginger inspector or something like that, <laughs> where that was that person's job was to go look in horses' asses. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that so. called a politician? Hey, yo! <laughs> hey. Oh, I, I had to. Oh my god, I had to. That was really bad. Um, you could. Uh, we lost yeah, people... three of our followers right there. <laughs> Just that alone. But yeah, people do that. I mean, it, it, the the references in ancient Greece go deal more with like radishes and um, garlic, which I don't think garlic would be that bad. Italians must have um, loved it. Yeah, but you can also use jalapenos, which Ooh. I have a story about jalapenos. That's really unfortunate <laughs> because uh, we were not going for that sort of scene and that happened accidentally. Spoiler, make sure if you are making dinner and you are making jalapenos for dinner, uh, you wash your hands. Please. Before you start to play. Please. So I learned the hard way, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was the. Oh, huh? Papa Bear walked in. Hi, Papa Bear! I know. How c- Amy says hi. How come you always walk in whenever I'm talking about you? Is it a spidey sense? Is it an emergency? No, Wait. You just pulled a binky out of your boob? Yeah, out of my boob. That was amazing magic trick, Mom. Thanks. <laughs> um. Yeah, so... Yeah, we were making dinner. And Papa was cutting open uh, or cutting jalapenos and didn't even think about it until after dinner. And we started to play and it was our second time having sex. I think you mentioned that part. I think that's ever familiar. 
Ever. Ever. And it was in the middle, and I was like, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. <laughs> Not what a guy wants to hear. <laughs> no. So, so if you are going to use it... Um, Peeling is very important because if you just shove a ginger root anywhere, it's not going to burn. Um, it's also used a lot with uh, caning because if you clench your butt cheeks, um, it's going to hurt more. For those who don't know what caning is, stick around. We will get into it. It is a type we of... We will get... Yes. Yes. Impact play. Im yes. But yeah, go, go slow if you are going to do anything. And go this person who is just having... So many orgies. Anonymous have that, fun. Go nothing. That they are dogs. able to differentiate between their vanilla orgies and their kinky orgies. Mm -hmm. Okay. You. On that note, let's get into what is going to be a really fun episode because we're finally getting into the nitty gritty. We are talking about toys. Now, last episode, for those who didn't listen first, pause us, go back, and it's listen. Um, we covered materials that were really good and materials that were not so good. Um, we covered lubes, the different types, the difference between water-based, silicone-based, hybrid, even oil and temperature play in terms of lube. And so now we're going to get into actual toys. Now, there's a million different types of sex toys you'll find in the bedroom, but we are going to talk about the main, would you say the main ones? I wouldn't say main. I would say like the mo the more typical ones. Okay. And we're going to, so you're going to see like, if, if you go into a sex shop, mm -hmm. you're going to see these generally on the wall. Right. And we understand that it's not covering everything. This is just kind of like a starter's kit of, listen, when I go to my nearest sex shop or I go to my nearest, re if, go to your either local or online retail store. Um, this is kind of what you're going to find. And let's get into it, Kate. You, you start it. You lead the way. We kind of arrange these in a really random way. So... They're kind of going to be all over the place. So we didn't just go from like one spectrum to the next. So why not start with plugs? And we're talking about anal plugs. Um, make sure, like I mentioned with the ginger root, it's a flared base. Um, because you don't want to lose that plug in your body. Um, that is a trip to the ER. Hey, Teach, what is a flared base? So generally with plugs, they have almost like a teardrop shape. And they're, they are connected to a bottom. And the bottom is supposed to be, is designed to be larger than uh, the orifice itself to keep it from getting lost. So basically, like, they have varying sizes of what will be inside you or what the, that connector piece, like, how wide that is. But that's just to make sure that it stays locked in there to avoid an, Go for your doctor. an ER visit. <laughs> Um, you want, no, uh, you want to use lots and lots and lots and lots of lube and kind of like we mentioned last week, uh, desensitizing lube isn't really a great idea unless you're really, um, experienced in this, because if there's something wrong, especially if with a plug that is meant to be inserted and generally left for a while, um, you want to make sure that everything's okay. So we want to start small, um, with any stretching, like any sort of anal play, you want to make sure that you start with fingers, um, and you can work it up there. We can kind of talk about anal at a later date. Yeah. Um, but yeah, start small. Be, be very conservative because you don't want to shove uh, the Great American Challenge right up your butt <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> so. Don't stick with anything crazy like that your first go around. They have training mm -hmm. ones. No. Yes, there are training ones that have varying sizes. And the key is really to relax and use lube. 
That's great. Um, kind of related. There are anal beads. Um, they're basically just like they sound beads um, that are on ideally a silicone sort of string um, to keep them safe. And if you are going to put those in and take those out, do not rip them out like a lawnmower. <laughs> please. please. Your anal sphincter will thank you for taking them out gently. Your, <laughs> your local ER will thank you for not paying them a visit. Um. <laughs> they do have really cute ones. I mean, they there are all kinds, but I mean, I'd say the most common are um, metal with like a little cute jewel on the end that kind of spruces up your butthole. And they also have the silicone. So those are great for a double penetration. Um, you can just insert that after you've been stretched and then can have sex or, or whatever sort of play that you're going for, depending on the person's body that has it. So then the next thing that kind of goes from that, that gets confused very often with plugs is a prostate massager. Now they are different from anal plugs, primarily because they are made for men, not women. Uh, because shocker as in episode two, we don't have a prostate. So they are ribbed to please the inner walls of the anal cavity, and they are curved to specifically hit the prostate the right way. Um, so they will look like anal plugs, but they're usually much longer and they're curved. Um, and the great thing about prostate massagers, if you use them, is that you can get what they call P-spot coming. Basically, it's like when a woman hits her G-spot, except it's P as in prostate, um, and it'll give them a very deep and intense orgasm for your man. So don't be hesitant. Please don't get the stereotype. I used to get a lot in the shop that it's a gay guy's, uh, a gay man's toy. No. It's not. Straight men can easily use it and really freaking love it. Also, same thing we talked about with anal plugs. Lube, 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 lube. If you are not comfortable with things up your butt like me, I'm going to be honest, I am not. I'm not the biggest into anal play. Like, I'll kind of do it. But I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, You're not a hashtag anal princess? I am not an anal princess. Oh. I'm not. It feels because all, because, and that's not uncommon. So I don't want people to think that they have to love anal play. Um, oh. Which I felt like the very first couple of times I interacted with people who were in the BDSM kink community. That's not always the case because our bodies and our anal sphincter and those muscles are trained to keep things one way and we're trying to make it into a two-way highway so it's um it's okay to make it to not like it absolutely be, i would so if you're not comfortable with things up your butt you could still massage that prostate by stimulating your perineum which um magic wands the type of massager your old granny school ones are amazing to do that with to massage the perineum and still can get that same type of not maybe not the same intensity but definitely the same type of uh orgasm for your gentleman who you are having fun with or, or having sex with i should say i don't know why i keep doing the having <gasps> i didn't do my catchphrase in the beginning kate yeah. i'm too late no you can this. i'll i'll cut can i'll we... i have to cut out the getting a binky out of my boob so it's fine no <laughs> we do not that stays <laughs> you can say it now if i want to let's get kinky all right i need to put hey. that in the Okay. So next up we have clamps. I love the order that we did on this, by the way. Mm -hmm. We're going butt to the front now. Prostate clamps. <laughs> so clamps, those are anything that pinch, really just anything on your body. But generally it's focused on nipples 
and or I mean I've seen penis and clitoris as well depending on where you want to get to but it's better to use adjustable clamps to figure out what kind of stimulation you want or you need. Um, usually they're stainless steel or similar metals, but some people use um, clothespins. You can use anything for pervertibles, really, as long as you are safe about that. Um, but there's a whole list of alligator clamps, tweezer clamps, nipple and clit clamps, like I uh, mentioned. The string nipple clamps are interesting because it's just basically like a piece of fine string that you can wrap around, but you really want to be careful because that's where you get into circulation issues. Nipple suckers, there are vibrating ones, there are magnet ones, they're just like pretty much everything in the sex toy world, there are a lot of different options. Um, so just go slow. This is something that's really hard for me personally, just because my nipples are super sensitive. Um, so it's okay to need kind of what they would stereotypically stereotypically call the the beginner ones, even if you just want like a little bit of the play. Um, I did okay, I do okay with clamps. I like the the alligator ones, which are usually a lot more flat and wider. So that kind of works, I think, better. Um I've yet to do the nipple suckers, but I've been curious. Like I've always wanted to those, well, look, those fun. look fun, but yeah. I've never gotten around to like either getting <laughs> it or it's not been high on my priority list. So I don't know. Yeah. There's also the the clover clamps, which Papa really likes, what which about? really scare me. They have like little teeth on either side of the clamp piece. Um, and they're connected to this big piece of metal and the metal and they're connected between themselves. And when you pull on the chain, yeah. um, it makes the pinch tighter. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my. So those are very uh, intense. <laughs> I'll call so, that. The only time I ever really did clamps was not husband, but the guy before, we'll call him the pharmacist because that's what he was. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I just want everybody to mm. hear that tone. Just just hear Kate's tone on that one. Mm -hmm. Tell <laughs> her feelings on this dude. Um, anyway, he did. He had the ones that connected nipples and clit. And that was like... That, I don't know. I don't know if I liked it because it was too much at one point. Yeah, it was a little too much. Zing. Because if he tugged yeah. on the string, if he tugged on the chain, like mm -hmm. all the sensitive parts, the most sensitive, and that's the whole point. I get that, but it was like ah. Because <laughs> you had a, a DS uh, dynamic, Dom sub dynamic, we, so that's we did. So that was that's kind of what you were going for with that. Uh, without maybe so much of the conversation like we talked about beforehand. Oh, we'll break that down. If think next episode, that's going to be a really great one to break down um, that relationship and what that is like a like a not good example. Like you're you and Papa Bear are a great example of what a dom sub should be, in my opinion. And myself and the pharmacist, which sounds like a really weird Daniel Steele novel, is. <laughs> It does. <laughs> was a really bad example in my opinion and it's not that i'm like very anti-bdsm i'm not i still love the aspects i learned from it and i'm i don't have bad feelings against the pharmacist um but i certainly had to at one point recognize i was like you know what this is no buenos so anyway we'll get into that next week yeah. well and it, and it comes down i mean I don't want it to sound like this is my one bdsm relationship and it's been fantastic because i've had those questionable ones as well and hopefully we can kind of address that but yeah um clamps are are fun just just it's with everything just go slow same with butt plugs same with prostate massagers don't feel like you have to rush like no. really guys sex should be fun it should not be 
I say it shouldn't be hurting when then I turn around and think about the crops and things that's purposely are for pain. But initially you should go easy on everything that we're talking about when you are a beginner. And if someone is more seasoned than you and are trying to convince you otherwise, they are wrong and they are not nice. Um, the next thing is a lot more common, a lot more fun is vibrators. Yay. I love vibrators. Now vibrators might seem like it's nothing, but it is a billion, one billion with a B dollar market based in 20, 2017. Okay. Vibrator is owned by 78% of women in America. So this is the most common sex toy. So if you are hanging out with a group of friends and but all of them say that they don't have one, they're lying bitches. And it's not, a, and you don't need to lie about it. It's all fine. It's 78%. So literally more than one in four women have a vibrator. Um, they were written. Well, fun fact. That means oh, go ahead. three out of four. What did I say? One out of four? One out of four. <laughs> anyway, kids, listen, listen up to Aunt Amy. Stay in school, learn your fractions. Um, but no, 78% of American women have vibrators or possessive or have owned one or currently own one. So again, that is a very common market. It is very profitable. Um, they were originally used in Victorian times to treat hysteria because it was considered something that you wanted to calm women down when they you know didn't listen to their husbands or dare god forbid they had their own thoughts mm. so they would go to their doctor to treat hysteria quote unquote and the doctor would literally uh get them off but then they got tired with their hands so they invented a vibrator like a handheld i think for one was like a crank one right they had to crank that son of a bitch there was one that was made with like a, a steam engine yeah well i mean huge. i would like it took up a whole room I would go to the doctor all the time. Like, listen, honey, no, I have the hysteria. I'm disagreeing with you. I better go to that doctor. <laughs> so, like, oh, Dr. Brown. <laughs> oh, no. But then you say Doc Brown. Now I'm thinking of Back to the Future. God damn it. Oh. <laughs> Tell oh, me God. that that porn I, hasn't been made because you know it has. Oh, I don't want to hear it. Oh, my God. You know it has. You you is gonna hate us right now. I'm just putting that out there because you're the one who edits. Future you fucking hates us right We're now. We're just wandering. It's fine. This is where we are today, guys. Hi. Okay, so it, so when you go by a common vibrator for today, if you want to know how it works and you happen to hold one in the store, you can't obviously whip your panties off and throw it on your clit. The best way to do it is try it on the tip of your nose because you have the same amount of nerve, if I remember this right, the nerve endings and sensory is the same as your clit as it is on the tip of your nose. So you not as same amount, obviously you have way more nerve endings on your clit, but that sensation is very similar. So if you're curious on how you think it's going to feel, if you're going to like it, if it's too much, if it's too little, put it on the tip of your nose and you can get a sensation on that. Um, there are different kinds of vibrators that stimulate oral and makes it feel like it. So like, kind of either puff hair or suck. I personally hate the ones that suck your clit because that could cause damage and just hurts. Um, there are some vibrators that are made for couples, like We Vibe, which is my personal favorite that Bless. I do own. Bless. Bless the vibes. Um, they're really, really good. And Magic Wand. Now, those are the really old school ones that used to connect to the wall. They still do. Those ones. Yeah, yes, there are still some. Mine doesn't. I bought the really expensive one that can recharge. Me too. So we're not attached to the wall. Um, they were originally made as back stretchers, and then women started using them as vibrators. And it literally took the manufacturer 40 years 
before they realized that it was in fact not. That's what not true. Being used they always for. do. No, no, no. Yes, People go, uh-uh, the Hitachi Magic One. So it was bought. It got promoted in 1973 through an article in Miss Magazine, which the Now Conference and her body sex workshops. The New York-based artist Betty Dotson brought up national attention to the Hitachi Magic One, and as more than just a back sodger. During her workshops, women were invited to explore their vulva, learn about their body, and they were able even given a Hitachi, which she purchased by the case, so they could masturbate together. Um, after nearly 45 years on the market, the folks at Hitachi finally kind of realized people were using their quote-unquote back massager for and decided they no longer wanted to be branded to that kind of behavior. Luckily, the distributor Vibratex swooped up to save the day and, of course, my sex life by offering it to, to continue manufacturing the toy without the Hitachi branding. That's why it's simply called the Magic Wand. Fun fact. And the strongest ones are still, um plugging it into the wall because i have the rechargeable one as well but if you want a stronger one you need to get the one that's literally plugged into the wall but you can't tell me that this thing was out and suddenly just one person decided that oh you can masturbate with this no <laughs> probably not but no. also they were trying to market it as a sex brand in japan is notorious for having kind of very conservative styles especially in the 60s and 70s in regards to their like sex toys and things like yeah. that. So I can't imagine that they were openly like, okay, we are aware and we are cap content of people buying our Hitachi magic wands as vibrators. So I think they had to kind of play dumb on that for as long as they could. That's um, definitely, I think more of what it was think, just, Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. That's interesting. But yeah, the magic wand is absolutely amazing. It'll, it is also really, it is actually legit good for backs. I got that for Ben and then I turned around and used it on myself. So we wash it and clean it, but we alternate it between back problems and clip problems. <laughs> well, it's got either that plastic head or the silicone head. So you're good. You can just wash it and it's non-porous. So you can share it. <laughs> Sharing is caring, folks. Um, so next uh, that we want to talk about was dildos. And a lot of the times those vibrators and dildos can be one and can be combined mm -hmm. though if you were just having a dildo itself generally that means that it's not vibrating it's just a thing for insertion though you can have like a venn diagram of them both um so they are mostly used for penetration they can be used multiple ways obviously wherever you want to put that as long as you're stretching and using lube why did you get southern when wherever you, you want to put that <laughs> <laughs> um Listen, we talked about this. Alabama doesn't allow it. That's true. Um, you can get them, oh my God, in any shape, color, size, species. I mean, you can get yeah. many species, only one of which are dragons, which are so pretty. I love I want Aliens. You can dinosaurs. I saw some the other day. There's a specific website that sells them. They were doing dinosaur mm -hmm. ones, different alien species. Mm -hmm dragons mm -hmm. like they were intricate like it's not even a joke it's like literally and they're and they can be really tiny or they can be super goddamn massive if it's the the one that makes that pretty much exclusively makes dragons they are huge yeah so make sure and look at the specifications because yeah. even the smalls are sizable um but yeah they're they're so old they're found throughout history the oldest one that i could find that was discovered was twenty eight thousand years old uh from germany oh my god and yeah that was made from stone and dried camel dung which please don't put camel dung 
in your orifices. Orify. Do we really have to state that? I I would like to. Just okay. No camel dung. But yeah, um, they've been found throughout history. They're fantastic, and I want a dragon one so bad. We even have the unicorn ones. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know how comfortable it would be having a dragon dildo inserted inside me because some of them are they're absolutely gorgeous but again i don't know if i really want to buy it for the aesthetic but i don't know if i'm comfortable enough to be fucked by a dragon dildo i am i'm there (laughs) (laughs) that was so tell me how you really feel kate shit i'm there that's on my christmas list (laughs) i know what i'm getting you for christmas oh my god Do you think Papa Bear would mind if I bought you a dildo? No. That would be kind of cute to get each other sex toys for Christmas. (laughs) What did Kate get you? Nothing. (laughs) Don't worry about it. It's fine, guys. A hug. It's fine, children. (laughs) (laughs) A friendly hug. Okay. Uh, So another thing that we kind of wanted to touch on is they are known as Benoit balls, but they are the medical term could be used as Kegel balls. They're small. What they are is they're small weighted balls that go into your vagina. Um, it's believed to help pelvic floor muscles or like vag- vaginal stretching exercises to improve either your sex. It's straight. What did I say? Stretching. I mean, you could. Stretching is a fun thing, but but we're, we're not talking about that yet. It's fine. I'm just banging my head on the table in case anybody's curious what I'm doing. Um, okay, so they're believed to help pelvic floor or vaginal strengthening exercises. To improve your sex, similar to like those Kegel stretches they tell you to do after you've had children or in general. Um, science, though, honestly, there's not much science backing it up at the moment to whether Benoit Kegel balls help you or not. That's kind of up to each individual person. I think that a lot of that comes down to how medicine doesn't listen to women's bodies at all, though. Mm-hmm. We don't really study it. So this is true. We should study it. Well, we're going to. There's actually, I think I showed you an episode. Here we go. One of my favorite vloggers was going on about how sex was super painful for her after sex. And she ended up going to a special therapist that I or after birth. God damn it. I am can we <laughs> after sex? Hey, do you know that one time that I that we run a podcast for a side gig and we're supposed to talk and like not fuck things up? This is not me today, guys. This is not going to be a good episode. Just heads up. Anyway, um, at one time, one of my favorite <laughs> vloggers, after she had a baby, was having terribly painful sex, like six months left and after the baby was born. So she went specifically to a physical therapist that deals primarily with pelvic floor, like pelvic floor therapist, I think is what it is. Something similar. I have to look it back up and study it. But she said kegels were not always the best way to help either. So that's why I'm kind of hesitant on Benoit balls. Because there's, again, me personally, there's not a much science back up behind it. So I don't, eh. Um, most of the time they're metal. They can be other materials like plastic with ball bearings inside of them. Um, they can be individual. You can get the Benoit balls that come with an attachment string. So you're less likely to lose stuff up your vagina than you are your asshole. So it's not the same. Kind you of- are not going to lose anything up your vagina. I- it's, it's not going to go anywhere. You're okay. But if you are a beginner in this, it might be easier. Thank you. To have the connection. I'm box. glad you yes. phrased that better than I did. Your, your cervix is in the way. So it's not going to like roam up to your lungs or your heart or anything. Like it's just going to bump up against your cervix and you can dig it out. That'd be really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> but ding, but ding, you just like walking around, you just hear it rattling inside you. Um, <laughs> same thing with, as we talked about with. 
prostate uh, prostate uh, toys and anal toys lube 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 the, another cautionary warning like we kind of just touched on a little bit benoit balls can cause tearing of the vagina if you leave it in for a super long time um, it can cause a lot of discomfort and even overexertion of those pelvic floor muscles. So it, as all things, start small, start light, start easy, and don't just leave them in for extended periods of time. Don't leave anything in your body for an extended period of time. Can I just make that as a blanket statement? Yeah, that's, well, you got to do the IUD. So would that fall under that category? The medical procedure, though. Mm, true, true. I'm not going to put an IUD in you. Thanks. I wasn't planning on it. Well, no. <laughs> the way you phrase that made it sound as if like, oh, you know what, Amy, by the way, I'm not planning to put an IUD in you. I know we talked about it and I know I promised that I would, but I actually changed my mind. God damn it. <laughs> well, who am I going to find to do it now? A doctor. That'd be good. I'm not paying some fucking quack to do it. Watch out my best friend. Planned Parenthood. <laughs> oh, shit. That's right. Uh, Is it before? Well, never mind. Never mind. Um. So next... I just, I want to talk about impact toys all day, every day. Let's do it. So let's bring that up. Please. Basically, if it's anything that you can, it's anything that you can use that you can consensually beat someone with safely. Consensual is the big word. Yes. Usually in the community, that ideal feeling is like the hard, heavy, smooth. So fine grain wood is generally the most sought after in the community. And that just means if it has a fine grain, if you run your fingers over it, it's like a really soft, supple feeling there aren't like obviously splinters or anything that are going to come off um they're very soft like the the really good examples of those are like coca bola babinga excuse me coca bola coco coco bolo coco bolo i don't even know what that is it's a type of wood um bloodwood purple heart purple heart is naturally purple it's no way beautiful yeah they cut these huge trees down to take a cross section and the inside is just this really rich purple they don't even have to dye it Rosewood. Um, then, so those are like really the best ones. There are also coarse grain. Those are going to be the ones that kind of have the bumps if you run your fingers over it. Um, they're more likely to have splinters, but if you are going to use them, generally, if you are buying them from a reputable dealer, they're just going to have like more layers of sealant to make sure that you don't get splinters. But those are like wingy, ash, maple, walnut, like the more the more common woods. But we have everything from paddles, which are usually like large and flat. And that's kind of what you think of in mainstream uh, depictions of BDSM. It's always paddles. Or riding crops. Riding crops, yeah. Uh, Paddles are usually kind of a difference between thuddy and stingy. Um, Riding crops are going to be more similar, are going to be a little bit lighter. They won't be as heavy. Then there's canes, which Papa loves the most. And those are the stingiest, and those just cut right through your body. Um, so, depending on the and depending on what the sensation is that you're looking for, or the sort of punishment or punishment, as we like to call it, um, it can be any of those. But I mean, it can also include include floggers, which are made a lot of the time of different sorts of leather. The nice ones are, and then depending on if you want heavier leather or softer, I mean, you can ha- have everything from bison to deer. Deer is stingier, bison bison is steadier. But if you don't have any of that, you can use a belt. Good old-fashioned belt. Just watch the belt buckle, please. Are floggers the same as cat and nine tails? No. They're different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're kind of on the same spectrum, but a flogger is basically... Papa's a snob when it comes to this stuff, so when I'm talking about it, it's, it's going to have like a nice wooden handle, 
and it's going to have the falls are going to be usually leather. Sometimes if you see them like in mm-hmm. the sex stores, they'll have like soft fur or they'll even have like rabbit skin. They're just kind of cute. Cat of Nine Tails is a braided length of sometimes nylon rope. It kind of depends on what you're looking mm-hmm. for. It's usually like a fishing rope. So they're very thin and then there's nine little tails that come out that just rip into you. <laughs> there's a cat of nine tails on our emblem. If you guys want to take a look when you go click on however you're listening through your streaming service, we've got the high heel, the mic for the podcast and that little thing off to the side. That is kind of like a very simplistic a cute one. cat of nine tails. It's a cute one. It's a cute basic one. So impact is fun, but please make sure you're talking to your partner and you are using an, a lot of check-ins. If you are going to get into play like this, because it can get very intense very quickly, which is great. But you want to make sure that everybody is on board with that. Um, Something you can go along with impact toys or hand in hand are sensory deprivation play. So that can include anything from blindfolds to gags. It's to take away a certain part of your five cent, main five senses during play. So the get like ball gags are there to prevent you from speaking or calling out. If you, I guess <laughs> doesn't work around me because I'm too damn loud. Blindfolds, <laughs> so you can't necessarily see what is coming or what is going to happen. Those are my personal favorite. Do you like them? Blindfolds or gags? Uh, blindfolds. I love blindfolds. I know a lot of people do, but I feel really claustrophobic with them. That's interesting. Really? Wow. No, I like it. We don't do it very often. Ben saves it as a specialty kind of like treat, if you will. Ooh. So. If you've been a good girl. If I've been a good girl, (laughs) I get the blindfold. And he's really good. And I love blindfolds because you can easily build that tension up without doing much. Because it's that psychological factor of I have no idea what's coming. Mm -hmm. I have no idea where it is. He uh, now make sure you check in on your partner more frequently when you use these. Because like Kate, some people... Don't like blindfold or ball gags if you get the different kinds. I always recommend there's like rubber or silicone ball gags that are better. There's some plastic ones, but that really could hurt your jaw after a while. Because it's like imagine giving a blowjaw and your jaw, those who get blowjobs, I'm sure you know after a while your jaw kind of hurts if you're stuck doing it for a while. Ball gags prominently keep your jaw open. If you get the wrong size or if you get the wrong material, it can hurt. So check in. There's lots of different kinds. So, and then only use gags for like 20 minutes at a time, I would say is a good rule of thumb on those. It's a max. Yeah. Yeah. Any longer than that, you start, you're getting dehydrating, you're kind of drooly, but more importantly, it's, it can cut into like the sides of your mouth. There's ones that they call, I think they're called spider gags. They look like they have little spider web arms. Mm -hmm. Those ones I hate. I do not like the feeling on those ones. Oh, I like those. I see. I hate it. I hate how it digs into my, the, my, the edge of my lips and stuff. I mm-hmm. don't like that very often. Like me, like as a very small mouth person, I can't use a ball gag at all. There aren't any ones small enough for me. So I either have to use like a bit gag. We have a silicone one. That's really great for beginners because it just holds your mouth open a little bit or the spider ones because they're so adjustable. See, and I've got a very big mouth, so I have to be careful because some ball gags, I can literally just put my whole mouth around and just, oh, mm. <laughs> just, I've had that happen when the pharmacist and I did a lot of it. And then Ben and I got a ball gag. I got a plastic one because I was cheap and I, but uh, yeah, I just full blow, just, oh, <laughs> just like put my mouth around. Where'd it go? <laughs> I mean, and I could easily talk around it because I have a giant ass mouth. Spoilers for anybody who has never met me. So I could easily be like, so where are you going? Why are you doing that? I don't like this. Like, I could easily just talk around it. That's why I'm not a big fan of ball gags. You're just mouthy, no matter what. Yeah, I am. Hey, oh. 
um, this, this one is kind of similar too, since a person cannot speak and they can't give a safe word or let you know if anything is okay. I like to recommend a, a drop object. And that's like having like, so say we, we have our ball guy again and we're in the middle of playing and something is wrong and there's no way to communicate that. If you are holding on to keys or something loud, like something jangly and you drop that, your partner can hear that and know that there is something wrong and that it needs to stop. So if you are going to use any kind of play that stops you from being able to speak, it, it's good to have a that drop object. I'm kind of going on with that. Um, we have restraints. They're soft and versus hard and depending on what you're going for. The soft ones are usually made of leather cloth it can be rope as well and then the hard ones are usually that that metal like a handcuff personally i love the supple feeling of leather and i'm a snob so that's the one i like but it just kind of depends on on the sort of scene that you're going for they even have under the bed restraints which are super fun those are the ones i have do you they're awesome and then when we forget to tuck them in the kids come in all the time fucking with them asking what it is so it's really awkward so remember to tuck those back in between your mattress and your box Fun fact. Fun fact, fun personal <laughs> fact in my life. And then we moved into where we're living now. We forgot to tuck them in and my parent I gave a tour to my parents in the house. Oh. Oh, I know my dad saw it, but he didn't say anything. I saw his eyes just <laughs> Between that and you asking him about different uh vibrator materials last yeah. week. Yep. He has a lot of questions. It's gotta be. <laughs> um, I have the underbed restraint. I absolutely love it. It is Really, really nice. And then the cuff part for the ankles and the feet are, the outside is leather, but the inside is like fluffy fake fur type mm -hmm. thing. And so I can stay that way for quite a while and it's adjustable. So I can throw Ben in there and he can toss me into it. Um, it's great. And it's very, very durable, those bed ones, because it's- They are. They're, they're, so I like it. It's worth, it was worth it. Yeah, totally. And, and it makes for easy, um, like you said, like easy play it's there mm -hmm. you just have to pull it out um kind of related is is dick hey please don't pull out your dick unless you ask for consent first <laughs> thank you this is who we are i'm the one who makes the puns kate is putting the asterisk disclaimers <laughs> to make sure everybody's okay that makes it sound like the boring one <laughs> no it's, it's i will always put those stupid innuendos out there but you're the one who's like is everybody okay with this was that too far and that's a good thing because a lot of times I will just put that out there like a dick, an unwanted one <laughs> that people, and I don't read in the situation like, oh, you know what? That probably, I'm father, so, so sorry, Father O'Malley. That probably was not appropriate right now in the middle of mass. Please continue. Um, <sighs> Talking about my priest kink. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Listen, I'm not even in a priest kink, but you sent me a picture of Papa Bear. And pa so for those who don't know, her husband has like biceps the size of my head. Yes. They are absolutely massive. They're like, beautiful. I, I like to bite them. I have zero sexual attraction to this man. I admire him. He's highly intelligent. But I am like, my other unknown kink was his arms because they are so goddamn beefy. And he, when he wears his priest collar and then has like, like the short sleeve or the no sleeve shirt. Oh my God. I was like, oh. And he's holding the <laughs> schoolhouse like, canes. It's like, oh. I'm not gonna lie. There's a kink there that's unburied and unexplored. That I was like, "Hello, <laughs> hi, hello, father." <laughs> Bless me, father. For I hope he really I wanted to wear his pre-shirt to uh, your wedding. By the way, and I'm really sad he, he didn't. Five am too. Hey, I really. Blessed be thou. How art thou? 
Listen, at my own wedding, and I know people are thinking I'm nuts, but because they're such impressive arms, plus I know my very devout Catholic father would have lost his shit seeing that. So that was kind of... That makes me want to do it I love it my parents. Yeah, all the more reason. <laughs> anyway, okay, so anyway, restraints. Getting restraints. Back. I'm um, so, so kind of, so related, of course, is going to be rope play, and that gets a lot more... Um, complicated than just restraining because mm-hmm. you can have shibari rope which is absolutely beautiful but there are lots of different rope types and everything from soft to abrasive um the really soft ones are like the nice like i want to say they're nylon but there are other ones as well but depending on the sort of scene again that you're going for there's coconut rope which hurts it hurts so bad it's agony when you can't get out of it and can you tell i'm speaking from personal experience not at all and <laughs> And just like with any sort of restraint, anything, I mean, same thing with uh, blindfolds and ball gags, just make sure you monitor circulation, monitor, you're monitoring your partner. Usually it's a good idea, just that 20 minutes is a really good sort of baseline to make sure that circulation is not getting cut off for an extended period of time, because you don't want to cause damage as a result of some play. I've always thought role play to be really beautiful in a way because you can get some really cool. No- I've always been hesitant because I'm a big cow. So I'm afraid I'm going to break the ropes or I'm going to be pulled in a way. I've never met any, let me rephrase that. None of my partners have been knowledgeable enough for me to feel comfortable to try rope play. Let's put it that way. So you haven't had any, any rope tops. I've never had, I've never had rope bottom top, what have you. Whatever. Um, Papa likes it and I find it really soothing when I'm having a lot of anxiety so we'll just do something you know easy and quick if I'm having a bad day and it's so nice he has a rose gold rope can he text Ben on some intro <laughs> like randomly like hey yes. this is Papa Bear listen yes. uh your wife needs to be tied up this is how you're gonna do it because <laughs> literally that's that's how you do it I mean that's there are some really great rope tops on YouTube that just have basic uh and make sure you have like a really good sharp pair of scissors or knives on hand yes so in case because i've read some horror story not read but i've read a horror story or two where circulation is off and they pass out or something along those lines which it can happen if you're not but a rope or a knife real quick and don't feel like investing in ropes that you're not okay with cutting or losing in those circumstances because the, your partner is got to be the most priority mm-hmm. so while it's cool you can bind them up don't be like oh man i don't want to cut this let me try to unwind her because that'll cause a lot more problems and i'm using the stereotypical her and even guy. the yeah even the beautiful rose gold rope if there was something wrong better believe we're so, cutting that you can always get always more get rope partner yeah thank you, you. get yes. another you Yes. So moving yes. on to things that other things that could be restrained. Um, I actually learned. Do you remember that one time we went to that one class and we actually learned how to use rope play specifically for a cock and balls and how to tie them up specifically? That is still yes. a tool that I know how yes. to do. That's been like two. That's two years. I and I, I mean, I'm, I mostly remember we're so spoiler alert for those who are listening. In a few episodes down the line, we are going to have a professional dominatrix come onto the show and interview and she's the one who taught us that. I'm so excited. When we went to one of her specialty classes. So we're we're going to talk to her about it. But she did talk how to do it. And she might be able to talk us through and reimagine that. But anyways. So talking about another type of restraint are cock rings. Now, I know I went on a really bad tirade about Screaming O last week and their materials and how much they are not correct. And it's just so you have to be careful. 
Um, what cock rings do is they trap the blood in the penis and can help promote and or sustain an erection. For love that is all holy, once again, use the magic lube, please. Use lube, lube, lube. Um, it can also help delay an orgasm by cutting off stimulation to the, uh, to the cock and make things a little bit easier. Now, they are made from anything from silicone to jelly to metal. Don't start with metal if you are a beginner. Please go with those. How much as I bitched about screaming O last episode? Those are good as one and dones, and to see if you like them because they're very, very stretchy. They're very pliable, and they, because they're a little bit cheaper than other ones, you can find out like, oh, this is kind of a good sensation. Let's go with something else, or you know what? No, I really didn't like it. For those that are having issues keeping an erection or staying longer, those who are kind of quick, cock rings are a really great way to handle that for you. So if you cannot keep an erection. I would recommend starting with those kind of cock rings and going from there. But again, don't start with metal and use lube. And depending on what you like, I know some men like to wear it actually around the, the base of their cock. Yes. Um, and some men like it around their cock and balls. So yes. depending on the size that you get or what sort of um, stimulation you're or lack of or lack thereof, make sure you know that there are other options on how to wear it. They even have the fancy ones that are ball dividers. Yeah, I've seen some of those ones. Um, one thing I would precaution, I know there's certain types of play out there that is like keep like a common thing that Dom subs would do, at least that mine did, was want me to keep my anal plug in for extended periods of time to stretch. Don't do that with cock rings. Do not keep it on for extended periods of time because it is literally cutting the blood flow out of your cock. So it's not good long term. Honestly, I think our 20 minute rule is pretty good across the board. Oh, yeah. 20 minutes. Set a timer, folks. Yeah. yeah. Then kind of more getting into some BDSM uh, implements. Again, weirdly how I'm talking about it a lot. Oh, um, there, <laughs> there are electrical stimulation toys, which... Oh, okay. So the, the biggest, yeah. like the most popular expensive one, it seems like people really like to use, um, is the violet wand. And that's used for low current, high frequency electricity to the body. So... Basically, it's this wand that's plugged into the wall, and it's put near an electrode or near a person's skin. As, and as it gets closer to the skin or that electro electrode, the spark jumps, and it creates a shock. It's kind of like if you're like dragging your feet on the carpet, and you have a static shock to somebody. It's that feeling, but more intense. I, I don't like these. And mm -mm, a lot of it comes from the sound. Like, it, the whole time it's buzzing and it sounds like bees coming at you and then crack. And Really? Yeah. So, but a lot of a lot of people like them and a lot of people like watching, but they scare me. Um, it does do, a, it does do a lot of noise, yes. <laughs> Isn't that dumb? <laughs> yeah, they're crazy. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, if you, I mean, I get it. The first time I saw it, I freaked the fuck out. When I worked at the sex shop, my boss was like, here, this is the first thing we're going to try on you. And I was like, excuse you. Like day one, he's like, let's electrocute you. And I was like, what have I gotten my fucking self into? A shock. But it's, we used to sell some that were butt plugs, that were electrical stimming butt plugs. And you and your partner had to have both plugs in to make it work. And it would do that electrical kind of stimulation in your butthole. And there were ones that you hold it. So it would be inserting as well, kind of like, um, like a clamp. My 10-year-old just walked in. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, 10-year-old. Without knocking. I know. She's like, oh, Kate's there. <laughs> I had to um, like, oh, in your butthole. Oh, I was talking about buttholes in front of my 10-year-old. That was great. Yeah. Um, There are other ones that were... <laughs> there were... 
I'm trying to get back on track and it's just really awkward. Sorry. Oh my god. Usually they have a, a, an on-off button and an intensity level yes. control. So you don't, it's not just like one crack, as it were. Um, you can go back and forth <laughs> <laughs> um, between that. But I've never, like, Papa tried to use one on me when I back when I had nipple rings. And he was like, kept teasing me. And like, oh, oh I could just crack it right on that, couldn't I? And I was like, oh, no. No. Oh my god. We had there's gloves too. They have electrical stimulating gloves. There's the ones that are like insertable inside your vagina. Mm -hmm. Um, that was my favorite to do when people asked, is like I'd put it in their hand. I was obviously like, don't stick it inside you, but like wrap your whole hand around it and cover it. And then I would slowly turn it up and people would freak because that was a very sharp electrical shock on yeah. that particular one. And they're like, and they put that inside their vaginas? And I was like, dude, I don't. Sure do. <laughs> Another one of those is... Is a TENS unit. And that's honestly like sort of like where um, the magic wand started out as a back massager. The TENS unit was used by a physical therapist to help stimulate um, muscle contraction. So what it is is a power box and pads that stick to your body. Obviously, if you're a kinkster, you can stick those wherever you want on your body. Um, but when you, when you stick those pads to your body, whatever muscle is there, that TENS unit, the box is going to cause that contraction. And just like with anything else, just try it on your thigh first. Just like you're going to have how you would try a vibrator on your nose first. Try it on your thigh and see if you like the feeling. Is it thigh or inner arm? I used to do tell people inner arm. Well, if you're in the store, I probably don't want you to take off your pants. <laughs> try your thigh. Please. So inner arm is probably better. If you have it at home and you want to like turn it all the way up to see how that is, thigh is probably good. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the last one I really want to kind of get into and talk about are male masturbating toys. Now, that seems kind of like an oxymoron because for most males your hit you know the jerking off with your hand but they have some really great masturbator toys in the last few years such as octopusy um which are vibrating masturbators which they one of my really one of my good friends has one and he said like i just put it on and it stimulates him to where he doesn't even have to like do any other movement and it'll make him come oh, oh it's powerful but it's it's relatively expensive it's like a london germany uh, germany based london owned company that did a lot of research on how to the best way to get stimulation. Cool. There's some that you the men can put on and women work with it. They make really excellent cock rings with vibrators. There's a really cool one where they have little bullets. So what you do is you slip it on your cock and the little like magic bullets that are like two inches tall. So it looks like its own little two bullets underneath it. And those vibrate like friggin' Mexican jumping beans. They are really, really powerful. Another more common male masturbating toys are those flashlights or the molded masturbators. Flashlight. The flashlights. Yeah, flashlights. Honestly, there's not a lot of male masturbator toys on the market because it's primarily the flashlights, like that brand name, but it's those male masturbator toys that look like vaginas or pussies or, you know, assholes or mouths. Um, they're mostly made of that type of cyber skin or similar, like we talked about last week. You still need to use a lot of lube with these guys. And then you still need to use, um, make sure you clean them really well afterwards when you're done. And that's when like, not baby powder. What did we say? Cornstarch. Cornstarch. Thank you. I, mm -hmm. I never, I've never owned one. I've never worked, really did much beyond what we had in the store. Um, so I'm not terribly familiar with those ones, but I know they're guys. That was one of my jobs at the sex shop was cornstarching the penises. That's awkward. The dongs. The dongs. Yes. 
Oh my. But anyway. No, it's okay. okay. <laughs> You're not traumatized by that at all. No. <laughs> um, uh, no, but it's, they're really, they can be really fun. I'm planning, don't tell anybody, um, to get an octopusy type toy for Ben for Christmas as our special Ooh. kind of thing. Cause I really want to get him like a nice masturbator toy for him. So those are kind of like the main ones you'll find in the store. Now talking about cleaning the toys, we've mentioned that before. We mentioned that kind of throughout you, it's really important to clean and maintain your toys, like not keeping the like uh, silicone polymer based ones to so they don't melt don't store them together use your corn starts on the fleshy bits you can use either regular unscented antibacterial hand soap or specific toy cleaner if it is 100 percent medical grade silicone or plastic you need to let them air dry don't use a towel or anything because you don't want to avoid lint and everything else and it's good to wash them before and after, after. You play with them. Even if, like, you wash them after the last time you played with them, mm -hmm. chances are you're going to have lint or whatever on your toys. So you want to make sure that those are as clean as possible. And, again, that goes for silicone. That goes for glass. That goes for metal. Mm -hmm. um, the TPR and the TPE, which, again, those are those thermoplastic rubber toys or the thermoplastic elastomers, you're going to want to clean them off as well. Those have the light smell. Again, those ones that are a little more porous, you got to be careful. They're going to have more likely to keep the bacteria and germs in. So that's why that's another reason you want to be careful when you get those kind of toys to just make sure you're using them safe and you clean them and let them air dry. I think that's kind of it. You have, are you doing sex packs this week or do you want me to do sex packs this week? Well, you saved your ones from last week. So it's up to you if you want to use them all. I, I really want to hear yours. Okay. So we talked about a little bit more about the Hitachi magic wand. So I'm going to fun fact. Here we go. Ready? Ready. Female porcupines in captivity have been known to place a stick between their legs and drag it across the ground to feel vibrations. Same. So animals. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. Out of all the years I've known you, I've never seen you stick a stick between your legs and drag it on the ground. I usually try to do it more subtly. Oh, good. So you yeah. won't know. Thanks. <laughs> Do it outside of the Starbucks or something. <laughs> oh, I'm not allowed man. to go into Starbucks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So, uh, rabbits. We talked about like vibrators. You know, they're kind of the most common kind of vibrator dildo combination is what they call rabbits, where the part that stimulates your clit looks like two little bunny ears, and they kind of vibrate. Those were due to obscenity laws. Companies in Japan would make them shaped like animals because you could, they couldn't necessarily make straight dildos. So a lot of those kind of <gasps> ones, they would put the animal heads on the end. That's what it initially started as Aww. to get around those obscenity laws. And so like, I don't know. I think my favorite one I've ever seen. There's like butterflies. You see dolphins. You see bunnies. I saw a hippo, which looks super fucking Aww. adorable. Did it, it have his little teeth? No, it was just curved at the end of the dildo. So it like bent up to hit your G spot. Mm -hmm. But it looked like a little yellow happy hippo. Like he looked so happy. He's like, get me in there. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I loved it. It was like one of my favorites. Mm. It was adorable. There's some fun ones, guys. Just... Listen, maybe not at work, but when your free time, Google some dil like animal dildos. Well, maybe not. I'm afraid what that's actually going to pull up. I mean, that'll come back to our dildo conversation that you have many species, including dogs and horses and all the things. Bears, oh my. Pigs, I think I've seen. Even though they have like a corkscrew penis. So that's very interesting. What? No. Yeah. Anyway, that was it. Those were all my sex facts that Aww. I got. Porcupines that's masturbating. That's adorable. 
<laughs> oh my god. I have a real uh, question. I, I might have a real Maybe answer. Maybe you know it. How do porcupines mate? Like, do their quills get in the way? When the male is mounting the female? I don't know. I can find okay. out for next episode, but I don't have that info you for this one. But you gotta cover the sex facts. So that That'll be mine, for sure. Oh, How animals... <laughs> How porcupines... Specifically porcupines. The worst part is I'm gonna you are gonna come back next week and I'm gonna go, what the fuck are you talking about porcupines for? <laughs> You'll have deleted this conversation already from your brain. You responded the same so goddamn quickly, lady. Like how do you that's expect? True. That's true. <laughs> so that's oh, that's uh, our totals are us. I'm so happy about that two-part episode. Yes. That was great. Uh that was actually pretty fun. I'm sorry we I don't know how much is gonna make it in for for those who don't hear it on the edited version. The one that will be released, we are stumbling over words. We're having so a bad. great time, honestly. We are, just, we are, but we're totally a little brain fried. Fried, Jesus hell! But we we were so excited <laughs> to get our first listener email. So please, if you have any more stories or questions or concerns or comments or anything, um, if you're willing to share that with us, we love to hear it. Um, we are we are on Instagram at Just Another Sex Podcast, Twitter at ja sex podcast our email is just another sex podcast at gmail.com and on facebook we are just another sex podcast that's our name did you guys get our name because it's just another sex hey, podcast. What are we, called? <laughs> um, we are streaming on, oh we are streaming on apple spotify stitcher google all through via buzzsprout so you can find us there as well at uh just another sex podcast dot buzzsprout.com Thank you. This is why I don't do the plugins. She does. So well, that is it. That is for episode four. Episode five. We are going to be talking about consent. Now that seems like a very open and shut kind of conversation. It's not. We're going to talk about different levels of consent. How to help you in case you are kind of like a, a little nervous on getting that there. What that defines it. And how that definition has changed in the Me Too movement. Um, because I feel like that's been a big question that came out of there of like okay what counts as consent what counts as different so we're going to kind of touch on that subject and make that a more of an organic conversation so please 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 write in if you have any comments questions concerns uh any stories you want to share we would love to hear them that's kind of it for me i'm amy i'm kate and this is just, just another, another sex, sex podcast, podcast. <laughs>